following Jesus in the age of coronavirus. Following Jesus in the age of coronavirus, what does it look like to be faithful followers of the Lord Jesus Christ at this time, at this juncture in the history of the world? And we don't know what the future holds by all accounts. It looks like this is going to go on for some time. It might even get worse and even much worse. What does it look like to be faithful and to follow the Lord Jesus Christ at a time like this. And so um, just for a few minutes, we want to talk about uh, two different things. That is three things that we want to remember and three things that we want to do together. Okay, three things to remember and three things to do. So first thing, three things to remember. I want you to remember this. Okay, whatever happens, and especially as things go on, especially as things perhaps get, get worse, write this down, maybe put it on your fridge, put it on your phone, um, keep it with you. Three things that we must not forget. Three things to remember. First thing, God is in control. God is in control. Just think about this. At the center of the universe, if we could see the very center of the universe right now, what we would see is a huge throne. And on that throne, we would find the all-powerful, almighty, living God of the universe. And he's seated on that throne And from that throne, he is controlling every cell, every atom, every microbe of the entire universe. And nothing escapes his notice. Nothing is out of his hands. Nothing takes him by surprise. God is watching everything. And I found it very interesting. If you are reading along in the topical Bible meditation plan that most of us are following, I I don't think there was any mistake that that this week, the topic that we were reading about in the scriptures was God is sovereign. That means God is the king, that he is uh, in control of everything, that he's seated on the throne. That was the very thing that we were reading this week. And I just want to read a few verses that we read, uh, if you're following the the Bible reading plan, Daniel chapter 4, 34 and 35. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? Isaiah 46, 9 to 11. I am God. There's no other. I am God and there's none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand. I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey. From a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. 
And one more, Romans 9, 16, and 17. It does not therefore depend on human desire or effort, but on God's mercy. For Scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. God is in control. He's seated on the throne And this God who is seated on the throne, he's a good God. He loves us. He's watching over us. We're his children. Isn't it amazing to know that that God is our God, that we are safe in his loving hands? And also, by the way, isn't it good to know that even though none of us can predict the future, we don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Things are changing so quickly when we wake up in the morning and and, uh, open a website or read the newspaper. There's new, new things coming every single day. We don't know how long this is going to last, how India is going to be affected, how we're going to be affected. Isn't it good to know that God actually knows the future? He knows how long this is going to go for. He knows who is going to be affected. He knows uh, how people are going to be affected. He knows everything. And he sees, he's seen all of that. And he's saying to us, it's going to be okay in the end. That's what he's saying to us. And so even as things get crazier, and your life was probably already crazy enough as it was before all of this happened, First thing that we need to remember is this. God is in control. God is in control. God is in control. We need to remind ourselves of this constantly. God is in control. Second thing. Second thing. Death has been defeated. Not only is God in control, but death has been defeated. You know, in the midst of all of the suffering, the misery that's going on in the world today, I I really feel there's there's one good thing, at least one good thing that has come out of this crisis that's kind of enveloped the whole world, and that is that we've all got this sense again of how fragile the world actually is how fragile life actually is and how fragile the world and life has always been. You know, in our modern age, we have surrounded ourselves with so many comforts, so many luxuries, so many securities and insurance policies and investments and retirement funds and savings and security guards and everything else. And it's very often given us the illusion that we are actually safe. And a crisis like this comes along and we're reminded again, we are not safe at all. The fact is, every single one of us at every moment are just one step away from death. And this is the way it's always been. And If a global pandemic like coronavirus, 
you know, wakes us up and gets us out of this, this dream of, of, of security and safety. And it, and it kind of shatters this illusion that everything is fine and, and we're supposed to be all safe and, and nothing can ever touch us. That's a good thing if we're woken up from that and we're reminded again that life is fragile and the fact is at some point, whether it's through coronavirus or some other way, we're all going to die, right? Isn't that true? Life has a 100% mortality rate, whether it's now, whether it's later, whether it's through coronavirus, whether it's through something else, we're all going to die. And it's a good thing to be reminded of this again and again and again. And the, the good news is that we as believers are people that don't fear death. In fact, we laugh at the face of death. First Corinthians chapter 15, verses 54 to 57, it says, Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is something amazing about us as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ who know Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. Jesus has defeated death once and for all by dying for us, by rising again for us, by conquering the grave and so we don't need to fear death anymore. We scoff at death. Jesus has won the victory over death because he lives. I, we can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone. Because Jesus lives, all fear is gone. This makes us fearless. Even as the whole world is trembling, we can actually be fearless, not reckless, but fearless people because death has been defeated. And so God is in control. Death has been defeated. Third thing to remember, this world is not my home. This world is not my home. You know, I am very confident that this season of coronavirus, it's also going to pass, right? We don't know how long it's going to take. We don't know the damage that's going to happen. But the Bible tells us that the end of the world is not going to happen through coronavirus. This season is also going to pass. Some of us are going to be more affected by this season. Some of us are going to be affected by the next season, how, whatever that might be, whether it's personally or whether it's in the world, seasons come, seasons go. But those of us who know Jesus as our Savior, we have uh, a different kind of hope. Right? It's not just for the season to pass and to kind of save ourselves from this or that, but our hope is, is the season of heaven, which is actually never going to end. It's going to go on forever and ever and ever. And so we don't just not fear death. We actually look forward to death. Why? Because like Paul said in Philippians chapter 
1 verse 21, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Death is actually gain for us because we're going to get to be with Jesus even sooner. Death is just a gateway to meet our Savior and to be with him forever in a place where there's no sickness and no suffering, no coronavirus or any other virus forever and ever and ever. And so, dear friends, three things. Please remember this. Don't forget, God is in control. Death has been defeated once and for all and forever. This world is not our home. This is not the place where we settle down. We're looking forward to another home where we're going to be 10,000 years from now with our master forever and ever. And so what does this all mean for us? Very quickly, three things. Number one, it means don't be anxious. Don't be anxious. Don't let your heart give way to the fear, to the panic, to the hysteria that's going on all around us. If we really believe that God is in control, that death has been defeated, that this world is not my home, anxiety cannot exist. Right? We don't know what the future holds, but we know the one who holds the future in his hands. He holds us in his hands. We're safe in his hands. Worrying does not help. In fact, like someone has said, worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. Just think about that. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. And so let's be wise. Let's take precautions. Let's do whatever we need to do, whatever we can do. But let's not be people who give in to fear, to panic, to worry, to anxiety. In fact, let's be people who are governed not by fear, but by faith by faith in an all-powerful, all-knowing, loving God who, who loves us so deeply, who does and allows everything for our ultimate good. And when we are tempted to worry, when we come across that, that website or that article or that forward, which, which gives us that little sense of fear, especially as, as this goes on and perhaps gets worse, what do we do when we, f- when we sense that, that, that worry or that, that anxiety coming up in, in our hearts? We take it to God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Right? We lay it before him. The Bible also says, Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. First thing to do, don't be anxious. Second thing, Instead of being anxious, let's seek the Lord. Let's seek the Lord. This is a a great time to get back to the basics. Many of us will be working from home. We're going to be together today and probably much more in the the coming days um, at home with our families. This is a great time to catch up on some rest, maybe to catch up on some sleep, A, a, a fantastic time to Go back to the fundamentals of life to kind of reset ourselves to take a break from the rat race to remember, hey, what is life really all about? What am 
on earth am I even here for? It's a good time to catch up on our Bible reading. It's a good time to catch up on prayer. Not only that, you know, coronavirus and these kinds of events when they happen in our lives, in the world, it's amazing the kind of idols that it reveals in our own hearts. Idols of security, idols of control, idols of Um, stability or workaholism, these things that we just prize and we love even without even realizing. And when all these things are are slowly chipped away or stripped away, we're left with with God. And that's where we want to be anyways, right? This is a fantastic time as there's less meetings, less things going on, right? Let's take this time, reset ourselves, seek the Lord, right? Get back to the basics. Make sure that God is first in our lives again. And one last thing. Think about others. Right? This is not the time to kind of hunker down and, and just think about our, our own selves and our own health and our own safety. You know, all throughout the ages, Jesus' people have always shown the brightest when times were, were darkest. In, and I'll just tell you one of these these times, you know, just after the time of Christ and the apostles um, in the Roman Empire, over the span of decades and, and even uh, the next century or two, there were several plagues, huge plagues that kind of came in and swept through the whole empire and thousands and lakhs uh, of people died at one time and, and people actually fled the cities because they just become hotbeds of, of sickness and death and people even left their own family members just lying there to die. But there was, there was one group of people that stayed back, that helped the people who were abandoned and, and just left there to die even by their own families. And you know what that, that group was? It was the Christians. It was the followers of Christ. And they became known as, as people who did this kind of thing. While everybody else fled, they stayed and they helped. And in, in some cases, we're told in history that in the places where they stayed, they actually developed immunities to whatever that, that sickness or disease that was going around. And so they ended up not dying as much as the rest of the population, even though many of them did die helping others. And as a result of this kind of immunity that the Christians developed, people actually thought that they were somehow supernatural beings, like angels or something. And of course, the fact is that they they were supernatural beings, not like people were thinking, not like gods or literal angels, but they were people that that knew in their heart of hearts that death has been defeated. This world is not their home. And so they stayed, and so they helped, and so they loved, and so they even gave their lives for others in times of, of crises. And historians tell us that how these early Christians responded to the plagues is one of the major reasons that this little band that was just even a handful or a tiny little minority in the whole Roman Empire. This is one of the reasons, the plagues and how the Christians responded in those times of plagues. Those were times of huge expansion 
of, of Christianity. And people just came into the church. And, and, and because of the way the Christians responded, the Christianity actually became the dominant religion of the whole Roman Empire. And so again and again throughout history, we, we see that those people whose homes are in heaven, they are the best citizens of earth. And so, what do we want to do at this time of coronavirus? We don't want to spread fear. We certainly don't want to spread uh, the virus. We want to spread love. That means thinking about others, not just thinking about myself and my own family, but thinking about others. What does that look like practically? It means thinking uh, about my own kids. Maybe this is uh, the right time for some long overdue time with your family, time with your, your kids, just laughing and playing and telling stories together. Maybe it's a time to think about them. Maybe it's a time to think about the elderly, think about the vulnerable, think, think about people who might need uh, some encouragement or phone call or grocery, groceries to be delivered, who might not be quite so tech savvy or whatever it might be. Maybe it's time to think about them. Maybe it's a, a, a time to continue to pay your maid or your child's tutor or sports coach, even though classes uh, might be taking a break or we might be giving our, our helpers a break for a few weeks. Maybe this is their only income and this is a time to continue paying them uh, through this. Maybe this is a time to not hoard goods, even though we have access to certain things. Like this is not the time, especially as things get worse and perhaps as resources get more and more scarce, this is the time to think about others and to be even generous with others. This is a time to pray for the world, to expand our, our, our prayer life, spend more time in prayer, to, sp- to, to pray for um, things and, and people that we've never prayed for. And perhaps, most of all, this is an amazing time to share with others about the hope that, that we have in Christ. You know, Carissa, my wife, was talking to uh, a friend of hers, and her friend is in a place that is much, much worse affected at this point than we are here. And this friend was, was saying that one of her neighbors came to her, and, and they don't really know each other, apparently, and they hardly talk, but, but this neighbor came to her and said, hey, you believe in God, don't you? And why is God allowing all this? And, and suddenly... Uh, an opportunity came up to talk about God, to talk about what's happening in the world and about the, the hope and truth and, and who God is and why do bad things happen, all of those kinds of things. And if this continues and if, if things get worse here in our city and in our country, we're going to have way more opportunities uh, to talk about all these things, incredible opportunities that maybe that we've never had before. And I, and I just hope and pray that we're going to be ready, that we're going to take those opportunities. We're going to be able to share about the hope that uh, we have inside of us through Christ. And so, you know, we've been praying for years now, for years. We've been praying uh, for revival in our city. We've been praying for revival in our country. And in fact, as I was reading again about the early church and, 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 and different periods of, 
of time throughout history of, as, as Christians have responded to crises like this, I couldn't help but thinking, could this be our time? Could this be the moment that we've been waiting for? And things could get worse here. We don't know what the future holds. Hopefully they'll get much better, but things could get worse. They could even get much, much worse. But this is the time for us as followers of Christ, as believers in the Lord Jesus to rise up, right? Not to retreat, but to actually rise up, to shine the love of Christ in a dark and dying world, a world that is desperate for hope and so. Dear friends, let's not waste this moment. Could this be the very moment that we've been praying for, that we've been waiting for? May this be our finest hour together as believers and as followers of Christ. Why don't we bow our heads again and say a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you again that you are in control that death has been defeated once and for all, that this world is not our home, that we have a much, much greater hope. And Lord, uh, even in this age, in this time, Lord, whatever happens, thank you that we don't have to be anxious, that we don't have to be uh, giving way to fear or panic. Lord, that, that we're safe in your hands. Lord, I just pray, oh God, that we would think about others at uh, a time like this, Lord, and that uh, we would really rise and shine as believers. And um, yeah, this would be an, another means by which we can uh, share your love, Lord. And, and as we seek you, as we put you first, that you would give us uh, those opportunities even at this time, Lord. So thank you again. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So thank you uh, again for joining us this morning. Again, let's stay connected. Let's use all of these various technologies uh, that we have. And so why don't we just end this time with uh, a word of benediction. And I'll read from Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. And be gracious to you, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. God bless you.